1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P betterhelp.com slash 365. This is
2: 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. C.J. Moore, columnist, coll- covers uh, college basketball, and more for TheAthletic.com joins us on 365 Sports with Craig and Paul, David Smoke, and C.J., good to have you. Been a while, probably too long. I should have reached out to you earlier. How would you describe the Big 12 with now 3 games left to play overall with the additions and where Houston is at the top of the national rankings?
3: Well, I think first thing is is I think what Houston's been able to do in the in the first year being in this league is is pretty incredible. I mean, I think we all um who cover the sport, coaches too, probably thought, you know, there'd be um, the first year might be kind of tough for them you know thought they'd maybe compete for for the, the title here but um, man they're in such a great spot with just a few games left and and I think the league is just the, to, to sum up the rest of it just crowded like um, you know you look at a team like Kansas State who's who's seven and eight in the league and they're, they're just uh, you know a couple games back of Kansas and and who's safely in the field, and K-State's probably not in the field, but you, you can only get so many teams in, it, in the NCAA tournament from, from the Big 12, you know. So um, I think it's just just been a, a lot of parity in the league this year. Um, the middle is probably about as big as ever, and, and I think the middle is always pretty big in this league. So um, I'm not sure there's, like, a, a national title contender. I think Houston on paper, or at least in the metrics, looks like that, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if, if they win a title, but um, I'd be a little surprised.
0: CJ, what are your thoughts on the kerfuffle in Lubbock last night?
3: Um, yeah, I, I I mean, anytime you get fans throwing stuff onto a court, not great, not a great look. Um, I, I haven't seen the play that, that made them angry. I was at the uh, the Kansas game last night, but did see on Twitter that it happened and saw, you know, Grant take the mic. Um But that's just, I mean, stuff like that. We just, I just hope, you know, you wish it wouldn't happen in college basketball. There's never, never a reason any fan at any sporting event should, should throw something onto the court or playing surface. That just, that just can't happen. So do, be, do better, Texas Tech fans. CJ, uh, what
0: was that like to watch BYU roll into Lawrence and, and get a massive win for their program first year in the league? And for KU, I mean, just fueling the doubts about kind of where this team is. Where is this team right now, in your opinion, after last night?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always shocking to see somebody win at Allen Fieldhouse. It's not Kansas just because it doesn't happen very often. But KU's is in such a vulnerable spot right now with, with Kevin McCuller being out. And, um, you know, they – they build a roster that just isn't can't really sustain an injury to any of their starters. Um, the bench just isn't as good as you would typically think uh, a, a team um, like you know a program like Kansas would have. Um, so you know, Kevin McCullers arguably been their their best player this year. So you take anybody's best player off the roster, it's tough. And um, I thought BYU had a really really smart game plan, or at least you know playing in the second half, Kansas was switching everything. They really were seeking out Hunter Dickinson and kind of picking on him. And um, I turned with my wife with maybe like five minutes ago, and I was like, BYU is going to win this game. And uh, you, you could just feel it, that uh, Kansas was struggling to score so much. You look today, Kansas is 50th and adjusted offense at Ken Palm. Like, you know, you rarely see a Bill Self team that low. And um, he went out and built this team kind of for, for offense, getting Hunter Dickinson. So I think, you know, for – from a Kansas regard as, you know, coming into the season, preseason number one, I think it's been a little disappointing, but here, you know, they're probably worst case, like a four seed. Um, that's the worst Bill Self's ever done. And you, you know, when you kind of pull back and look big picture, you you appreciate his consistency because it's, it's it's hard to be that consistent every year, but this has definitely been a down year for, for Kansas.
2: Whether it's eight or nine or how many teams get in the tournament from the Big 12, obviously there, there's like we saw – all of a sudden, what Texas flexed their muscles last night in Lubbock? Baylor mm-hmm. at times looks dangerous, CJ, but they also look like they can't get out of their own way. How would you describe what Scott Drew and Baylor
3: have? Yeah, I, I think they're just that's that's youth, right? Like that's that's the result of having kind of a younger team. Um, to me, like Baylor, I think that's the thing that differentiates them from from other teams is is he's, he's mess messy, and. Um, you know, he is there. I think they're trying to play through him more recently. And, and when he's really good, like I think they're pretty good. You know, the guards are, are obviously very important as well. But, um, you know, Scott's been kind of trying to figure out how to, how to do it defensively, mixing in zones and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think they're a team that, that has the talent to, to get hot and march and, and potentially go on a run. But, um, you know, it's one of those teams that could also uh lose here early I think there's a lot of teams like that in the big 12 Texas Tech you mentioned them um you know they've had health their own health problems before in Washington and and when he's out they're just they're not nearly the same and that that kind of explains why they got um you know thumped last night by Texas he was out last time
0: what do you think of the the teams that are on the bubble in the big 12 like well, I guess, I guess it would really only be Kansas state right now and per- perhaps Texas. Do you think Kansas state can clear the bar over these next few games and get themselves back into the tournament where a couple weeks ago, you met have said they were, they're kind of playing their way out of it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think really, you know, I'm not a, I'm definitely not a don't consider myself a bracketologist and, and hate looking at that stuff. But um, you know, I, I talk about college basketball all the time. So I kind of have an understanding of where they are and, and um i think they'd have to probably win two of their last three games and then you know win some games in the big 12 tournament and the schedule's not too favorable they're they're at cincinnati at kansas and home against iowa state um, so you win and you know you win two of those games that that that'd be pretty impressive that get you to to 500 in the league you know then uh, i think they're in the conversation
2: yeah and man isn't isn't that stat about jerome tang and overtime at k state over the last couple of years just insane
3: yeah it is i mean um just the fact they've had so many overtime games it's just kind of crazy uh but just to win them all you know um i don't know i'm i'm, I'm sure there's an element of luck to it but i also think there's um you know there's probably some coaching and and, and there's a ability to kind of get your guys to to calm down and, and breathe and you know be able to perform in that moment um but there's a skill to that as well but um yeah, we'll see how long he keeps this thing going, but it's, it's, it's pretty incredible to, to, to have as many games and overtime as they had and, and win them all.
2: There is uh, – sometimes you can look at about this time of the year and even earlier, but people overreact, but a team that is the alpha, the one who is the best, and you could tell Baylor and obviously Gonzaga had their collision course in 21 mm-hmm. and then KU the next year, and there's been the Jay Wright, Villanova, uh, there's been those. Do you see one of those this year in college basketball?
3: Yeah, I mean, it feels like Purdue and Connecticut are those two teams to me. And and um, you know, I, I I you never know with the NSA tournament because crazy things can happen. And you know, just in forty minutes, it's easy for you know um, a team to pull an upset. And we've seen the best team does not always make it. But um, those, to me, feel like the two best teams. And if we have like a Baylor-Gonzaga type title game to where, you know, those were the best two teams we thought going into the bracket and those are the best two that end up at the end, um, it'd be Purdue and Connecticut for me, I think. Based on their resumes, based on watching them on TV, watching them in person, I've seen both of them play multiple times in person now, um, they feel like they're on another level to, than everybody else. CJ,
0: you mentioned that, uh, but there are, you know, teams, you know, like Arizona and, and Houston that are also maybe a, a little bit more last year was of course the weirdest finest four final four we ever had. And mm-hmm. of course, Connecticut was kind of masquerading as a lower seed because of, of what happened to them in, in January last year. But, yeah. uh, this year, does it feel like there? this could be one of those years that's maybe regresses back to the mean of there will be more higher-seeded teams in there because there's a bit of a separation between the four teams we've talked about and maybe the, the, the level right below?
3: I'm not sure because, I, I mean, I, I do think Purdue and Connecticut are on a, on another level, but I, but I think because of the COVID year and so much movement in college basketball and so many older guys playing, um, I mean, you look at the stat that the number of top 10 teams that get upset um, when they're on the road against unranked teams is unlike anything we've ever seen in the sport. Right. Um, so that fact alone, I think could, you could see kind of some crazy stuff in the state tournament and maybe, you know, you see another FAU type team um, going around, or San Diego state type team, not saying it's those particular teams, but it, it, heck, it could be like, FAU is had such a strange year. I was just down there, and we'll have, have a story on those guys pretty soon. But you know, they've got some awesome, awesome wins. You know, they play, they beat Arizona this year. Uh, they played Illinois really close. They've got some great wins, but then they've got some stinkers as well. And they'll, you know, kind of be a lower seed. Um, so you know, that's but that's a team on any given night that that could get hot from three and and, and get you. So um, I'm not sure. We won't have like some some surprises in the final four. It's, it, I I, don't, I can't definitively say. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a separation of like eight or nine teams. I, I, I do think there's probably a drop off after like the top maybe ten or so. But um, there, there's there's it, the the distance between ten and the twenty five best team. I don't I don't think is a huge distance.
2: Cj, one of the things that uh, uh, that I've always respected and really when I cop you caught my attention was the, the the columns, the articles, the features of coaches or on players. And I like at the top of your Twitter feed, it's the one about Indiana state coach Josh shirts and what you went to go right about. And then what you did, what you found out about his story. Do you have one this year? And is that the one that was up until now your favorite story that you've written?
3: Yeah, I, I, I think it is. It's the most incredible like coach's tale. Um, coach's journey I've, I've ever come across, and and uh, that that that'd be the one this year for sure. I'm not sure I'll ever tell another story like it. Like you know, he was um, a tennis phenom as a kid, and and you know, quit tennis, and his dad kicked him out of the house, and he was homeless for a little while. I, I and mean, that's just kind of the, the the quick spark notes version of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty incredible. And, and here I, I think real real soon he'll be probably coach at either a high major or, or close to a high major. I think he's going to get a You know, he's going to be one of the hot names on the coaching carousel this this March and April.
2: Thank you very much, man. Good stuff as always. CJ Moore.
1: This has been a Rogue Media Network production.